0: Blob Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: Backyard poultry with the Chicken Whisperer radio show, brought to you by com Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Please visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, the only science-based, fact-based, study-based magazine regarding chickens on the planet today. Once again, I would like to thank all of you. tuning in to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisper brought to you by our good friends over at Kalmbach Feeds.
2: At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at KalmbachFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, Feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer.
1: All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with The Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our really good friends over at CalmBlock Feeds. I'm really looking forward to working with them here in the next few weeks to actually plan uh, Chick Day's events – for next year, really, I got some great ideas, and we're really focusing on helping the um, the um, retail stores and their employees during the Chick Day season. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of over the last year or two, I'm really focused on educating them to help their customers. Uh, I, we can, I, you know, I can help one person and educate that person, and then they can help educate the masses with the right information that are coming into the store. So I think uh, logically, uh, I can probably reach, I mean, I reach a lot of people out to the magazine and the books and the podcast and the tours and things like that. But just imagine how many more people we could reach for every one or two people I train. Each one of them are training how many, maybe hundreds of people just in the store. So um, I'm really excited about that opportunity coming up here this fall, uh, working with Kalmbach to do more education for the uh, stores that carry their awesome products. So uh, the next few weeks, I'll be busy uh, doing a lot of that planning for 2018. Chick days, it's never too early to start planning those, especially with the retail outlets. Um, got some exciting news today as well. I got sent over via email. The first, um, what they call the first lasers uh, regarding the book. Yep, what book? What, what are you talking about? Yep, if uh, you haven't been paying attention, um, the first lasers of chicken fact or chicken poop. Gotta love that! How cool, and it's already for uh, it's already listed on Amazon for today. I've spent about maybe thirty minutes looking through it, reading it, and I've already found a couple of changes we need to make. But wow, I mean, even even as as kind of that, I'm not gonna you know even though I'm you know it's it's just really interesting how how it's come together. And it's I was enjoying. I told Jen I said I'm really enjoying reading this. This, I think this is going to be a really good and hot seller, just like the first book that is still selling. I had somebody come up to me this past weekend hey, I saw you in Lowe's this past weekend. And I'm like, okay, where was I in Lowe's this past weekend? And then he giggled and says, your book. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, got it. Because uh, Lowe's has been great over the years, carrying the um, Chicken Whispers Guide to Keeping Chickens. They, they Just about every Lowe's I've gone to touring across the country, there it is in Lowe's. But it was funny. He walked up to me and said, hey, I saw you in Lowe's this weekend.
0: <laughs> I wasn't in Lowe's this
1: weekend. Oh, yeah, I saw your book. You were there. <laughs> so got to love that. Um, but, yes. Yeah, Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop, I was really enjoying reading the information. It was great. And I said, this this may be a big hit. In fact, um, there's just
0: <laughs> there's so
1: much bad information out there in, in, in Internet land. There may be a sequel to this, uh, Fact or Chicken Poop Part 2 or something like that. So um, tons and tons of information. You know, let me just give you some ideas, give you a little heads up. Uh, real quick, and then we'll bring on uh, Dr. McCray because uh, we have a great show topic for you today, molting chickens management and diet. It's going to be really cool. So so while I'm doing this, while I'm yapping about, about the book, uh, you can get a pen and paper and get ready to take some notes uh, when we bring uh, her on. So I'm um, looking at it now. I need to print it off so I can get a better grasp of it. But just some of the things that you're going to see, you can just run down here, just just a few. I don't want to spoil it all. Um, through the different uh chapters, let's see what we got uh, here's a good one. Adding red pepper flakes to your chicken's feed will increase egg production. uh We'll be covering that um, see some others that might show interest oh, to go? <laughs> Come on a pointy egg means you're going to have a rooster when you hatch them out a round egg means you're going to have a hen when you hatch them out. Um, let's see what else we have here. Roosters cannot see at night. Um, I'm not going to give you them all. Um, let see some other... Just some that might tickle your fancy. Chickens and turkeys get along great. There are no problems raising them together. Let's see what else we have here. Um, fermenting feed will cut my feed bill in half. Um, I love this one because it's such a fiasco on the things. The egg's bloom is sacred and must never be breached. Okay, everybody thinks like the bloom. You've heard me say it a million times. Oh, it's got the bloom, so it's like Superman's cape. It's just like so. Okay, um, get some others down here. Ah... Uh, came from, obviously, a forum that, that we, we found. Putting hot sauce in your chicken's water will help keep them warm in the winter. Um, so there's a bunch. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, providing grit will, uh, means you don't have to or will, – we're will adding grit to their feed or worm, their, your chickens. Um, it's just awesome. All these are super, super awesome. I can't wait till it's uh, out there for everybody to to benefit from. Um, Roosts are better flat than round. And uh, that's a good myth there. I love this one. Placing herbs in a nest box repels and kills mites, lice, and other parasites. So just a tip. I'm just going down here looking at these. And uh, the information, of course, uh, how many pages do we have right now? Let me scroll back up and see if it's going to show me. Of great information uh, right now. The first eighty pages of the book I've got right here, so uh, very cool. And uh, it's already uh, pre-order on Amazon. At, I think nineteen ninety nine. So if it does, the price drops. You'll get it for whatever the lowest price was between now and I think December sixteenth or seventeenth is the actual. Release date right now. Now I can change based on any delays we have in printing and things like that. But but nonetheless, uh, that was exciting news we got this morning. So I wanted to share that tidbit with you as well. But but um, yeah. Hang on just a second. Let me see if I've got. Hang on one minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm texting. Uh, Dr. McCray, there we go. Just kind of planning out here when she's going to call in. I'm going to go to commercial break here and and get that run, and that will give you time to get a pen and paper out so you can take notes. So when we welcome Dr. McCray on, you'll be ready to
0: mm, hit, the, hit
1: the notes and get these note management and diet. It's going to be awesome because guess what? Soon, late summer, you walk outside, early fall, into fall, and even some people, oh, my, my, they're going into a late molt. It's starting to get really, really cold. It's almost you know, November, Thanksgiving, depending on what season. What do I do? Um, so uh, people will walk out. Oh, my gosh, I walked outside. I thought there was a massacre. I thought I had a predator attack. There were feathers everywhere. But I had a, a good head count. They were all there. And, boy, did they look crazy. They looked crazy. So um, let me go to my uh, quick commercial break, and then I'll come back. I see she had just called in. I had sent her a text as well. And then we'll come back and uh, we're going to learn all about the molting chicken management and diet. Stay with us. Get that pen and paper. You're going to want it. When you need an incubator, think Brency, the incubation specialists. Brency has been a world leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from seven to 380 eggs, with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code Whisper at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brinsea.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 100% 100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver hen aprons at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. The Yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The one and a half horsepower motor and 20 inch stainless steel tub can handle two eight pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance free. For more information about how you can own this must-have chicken processing product, visit YardbirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardbirdChickenPluckers.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry, from rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, I've got a special announcement here. just came across the wire um, in case you did not know. Um, currently as of today, as of actually down to the second, um, and it's probably about that time of year we start doing this, but there are only 129 days, 9 hours, 45 minutes, and 12 seconds until Christmas. That's all I'm going to put you through with that. I mean, it's it's tough enough on me to train the chickens to do that in the first place, but you just uh, I got to give them a break. It's early in the season; their voices, they're, they're just they're they're just not uh, where they should be. So uh, enough of that. But, but we're working on it as the season approaches. Just to let you know. Alrighty, it's time to. Uh, hopefully, during break, you got that pen and pencil and the paper and the pen out because we're going to be taking some notes today from our good friend Dr. McRae all about the molting chicken management and diet. We're going to head over there and bring her on the show right this second.
0: Doc, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Hello. How are
1: you doing today? Us. Um,
0: I'm considering I'm doing.
1: Pretty good. We've got an exciting weekend uh, coming up in the uh, Schneider household. So tomorrow night, we're going to a... Uh, circus, uh, a small little, you know, a little thing that that goes around oh! the town, to town. Nothing, nothing big like the Ringling Brothers that doesn't exist anymore. We, I did have an opportunity <laughs> to take the kids to see that this past year before they dissolved that. Now it doesn't exist. Um, but this is just a little family circus that travels around the country. I think really kind of concentrating on rural areas, and so uh, I saw the tickets at a restaurant, you know, and uh, kids go, you know, kids tickets are free. No. so I think that tomorrow night we're going, loading up and heading into town to go. See see a circus I think it's primarily um, not animals I think they may have some trained dogs and maybe a kangaroo but most of the circuses today at least this one I think is more acrobatic type of stuff and different human talents and spinning from ropes and things like that so
0: oh, um, hey. and
1: yeah Cool. And then um, Saturday, we're going down to the Elachi Nature and Science Center in Ooh. Gainesville, Georgia. And um, yeah, and they're having a special on the com- upcoming eclipse on Monday. So um, we actually, uh, Caleb's going to be going to the Elachi Nature and Science Center once a month. For, uh, we signed him up for a special homeschool class. It's there the first or second Wednesday of every single month there, and it's really, really cool. I think the first thing that they're going to be learning about uh in September the first day is fungus. How cool is that? Mushrooms and fungus <laughs> and things like that. So he's all excited about that. He loves mushrooms and oh look, there's some fungus on the tree, dad. So um <laughs> but um yeah, so so that's Saturday during the day, I think 10 to 1. Um Saturday night, I think my, my wife's going with her sister out to see a play. Sunday, we just signed up the boy to go to um not Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, but kind of the same thing over the last few years, this new program called Trail Life, and so he's really excited hey. about that, so he'll be going to his Trail Life meeting on Sunday night, and then of course Monday, we're we're pretty darn close to the total uh, eclipse, but we're going to make about an hour drive northeast, I think it takes about an hour looking at the map, going up towards uh, Rayburn County in Georgia, we're just, it, yeah, it's just, just a couple of... Now, where we're at, there'll be, you know, not... We're close, but an hour puts us right where we need to really be. So we purchased some tickets. I think it's at Rayburn Gap School, and uh, the tickets include the free glasses that, yes, hopefully they're the ones that haven't been recalled. And But actually we're getting glasses yeah. too at the uh, Alachi Center on Saturday, so we'll have extra pairs if we need them. But um, And so Monday we're going to go out and battle traffic and do all that. They said something, however many millions of people are going to be trying to drive <laughs> and, 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 and squeeze in into this, this area, and we'll probably be part of those. In fact, you, know, you want to hear what's it. really depressing. I just heard, um, I don't know if it's depressing or smart or a combination of both, but last night I saw where gas stations now have started to bump the gas prices up, up maybe the, the one I saw, 40% than normal, and even gas stations are starting running out of gas. You know, this happens when even people panic. They're starting to run out of gas because people are filling up for the eclipse that's going to be here on Monday. And everybody's going to be the road traffic jams. Wow. And, and, and then on, on, on Facebook, all the local municipalities are like, we're meeting in our, um, what do they call it, our um, event planning room today with all of our public safety uh, personnel to, you know, and then I think this county yeah. we're in right this second. They're saying we expect 55,000 visitors traveling through during that time period of the eclipse wow. going north or coming up this way. It's a small little town. 55,000 know, for this little town with like one, two, three, four red lights and the whole <laughs> county. I mean, yeah. So you know, 53,000. You know, if I was down in Atlanta, you know, big deal. That's like Beaufort Highway on any given hour. But um, <laughs> but, yeah. So all the all the they're all kind of uh kind of planning for this this event it's kind of interesting so uh, if you're a prepper then you don't have nothing to worry about if you're not then go buy water and toilet paper and milk and bread and
0: (laughs) bottled water (laughs) oh my goodness well we have a circus here too
2: cool we do big one it's more the human kind Um, right we don't have any animals well unless you consider a human an animal um, it's more of a, a juggling program, <laughs> sometimes with cars, but mostly with undergraduates moving into the dorms.
0: <laughs> Today All the is moving day.
2: Moving yeah.
1: day at Auburn <laughs> University. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes that would be a circus. Yes, there's about
2: 1,600 students moving into the dorms across from our building, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if so I now, look outside the it, window, I can see lost parents. <laughs> you know, uh huh. Yeah. Totally unclear as to where they've parked and where they need to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's yep. it's been amusing today, but uh, I knew better than to show up later. I wasn't going to get a parking spot.
1: No, I yeah, saw so, a really different kind of circus. A, a, Different kind of circuses, absolutely. I can imagine. Well, I've been there, smaller scale school, but been there, and the crying moms and, and the proud dads and all of that kind of stuff. But I saw on Facebook, it was it was a really a neat, heartfelt story. Um, it was uh, this dad has walked his son to school every day through elementary school, middle school, high school, and now his first day of college. It had a picture of him. Had had a picture from kindergarten, him walking him, you know, to to kindergarten class on the first day, and then a picture of him walking next to his son down the college dorm uh, hallway to take his son to college. And the first day of every school year. Um, well, being that we'll homeschool, I'm not sure how long. Maybe through high school, I don't know. Then, yeah, I can walk my son down the hallway to eat breakfast every morning.
0: <laughs> right down the hallway, you <laughs> go. Uh,
1: so, yeah, I guess kind of sore we'll be doing homeschool as long as Jen can can tolerate that. But she says even after teaching ten years in the classroom having, you know, 24 to 30 kindergartners in her classroom at any given time, all with different skill sets and skill levels from speaking no English to actually reading on a third grade level and everything in between, 30 kids having to deal with all these different uh, levels of, of, um, I guess, where they're at. She says still homeschool is still, she says, 10 times tougher than that. And and, um, I I can kind of see that. She enjoys it. But I guess you have to kind of—it's hard to sometimes separate the even for the children, the parent versus teacher aspect. So she said yeah. it's very—it's—it's—it's it's cha- it's challenging. So, um, but yeah, I thought that was a neat story about him walking his son to the first day of school. All I mean through every single year, high school even, and uh, now college, walking him down the dorm. I thought that was cool. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, wow not to get too, you know, based on today's America, but, you know, I wonder if more dads did that, how that would affect America today. If more dads know. did that, care, cared about their kids and their education and, and that type of thing, if more, kids, if more dads did that, then how much better America would be, in and, and my personal opinion. You can send me hate mails if you want to. I don't care. Um, but um, I, I truly believe that that, that would be, very beneficial to our society if more dads did that yep.
2: well gosh yeah i That's don't deep. i don't think i've seen anybody out there in tears yet but the day's not over and i am certainly not <laughs> going to try to go out and eat tonight because i'm sure oh, every fast food joint is is going to be full up of parents or family members or something people who are you know Maybe they've got to stay overnight before they drive home however far it is, I don't know. Hey, I remember when I moved in, I think I had like five orange and apple boxes and um and a backpack full of school supplies and bedding and you know mm-hmm. toiletries. Bedding and toiletries was was kind of in a big bag, but that was it. I remember I could have moved the myself. only thing
1: I remember. <laughs> is um driving my sister my um now my oldest sister she went to Vanderbilt but this sister right above me I only got two sisters um dry, it was it was pouring down rain and we made the trip uh, to us. Uh, she was freshman. The car was loaded down. And I remember sitting in the front seat. Dad was driving. Mom was to my right. And I'm sitting in the front seat there, kind of squished between them. And then, obviously, my sister in the back with all her stuff in the back and in the trunk and everywhere else. And, and it was dark, pouring down rain, heading to Auburn uh, to get her checked in. or Anyway, so I don't know why it was She went dark. to Auburn or Vanderbilt? Uh, Auburn. My middle sister went to uh, Auburn. Oh. Yeah, she did. Cool, so I remember that. So she's she's eleven years older than I am. So that's that's what I remember about that. Now I do remember taking a Greyhound bus over there for the weekend, um, one weekend to, to spend a weekend with her after she had got married. So probably her senior year, her and her husband had an apartment, and I remember took a Greyhound from Atlanta out there. Uh, I was I can't remember what grade I was in, and we went and saw a movie and just kind of hung out on campus, whatever. I maybe saw a ball game too. I don't remember, but um, her major was. I want to say maybe – and then my brother-in-law went there too. His was uh, marketing, um, and I think hers was graphic design maybe. She was into art. She worked for an architect for a while, and and she's an art teacher now uh, for elementary school. Well, I hope you don't get in
2: trouble if you got that wrong and she hears this.
1: With what? Uh, I think it was graphic art, I think so. Something in the art art major. I know. I wanna say okay. graphic art, but yes, yeah, she was, she's an art teacher now and she's worked for an architect before and worked for some advertising agencies and does some freelance work but um and then my brother in law, uh, he did the um uh marketing marketing and advertising there at Auburn. So uh, so yeah, there's some Auburn grads in my family showing up. So, But I'm sure listeners don't want to hear about that. They want to know about their chickens in their backyard. They want to know about molting
0: and uh, what yes. they're
1: about to see here over the next couple of months because, like, we've all heard and seen the stories. I walked outside and thought there was a massacre overnight, but I had a good <laughs> head count. They're all there, and now they look pretty rough. They're all losing yeah. their
2: feathers. <laughs> well, let's just start with the... We're going to be providing general information. You can actually make a career out of just Mm -hmm. studying molting, okay, folks? So we're going to be just kind of taking a glancing blow at it, although what I hope to share with you, I hope it it is informational and and kind of fun. Um, In the commercial industry, molting is, is a way to maintain profitability so that farm families don't go out of business so that your employees can stay employed. Um, and that's actually where a lot of the science has been done. Uh, in commercial production, you've got really two kinds of flocks that you're going to molt. Your layers, which is why a lot of people get you know backyard flocks is they might dislike something about commercial production of eggs. Um, but uh, the other type is uh, breeder flocks whether they're breeder flocks for um, egg layers or for meat chicken. So when I share a lot of this information, you're benefiting from the work that has been done by commercial producers and by people who have done research on their behalf. So I hope you at least appreciate some of that aspect. So, yes, essentially your chickens are going to stop laying eggs once a year and and start growing new feathers. And as the feather, um, the new feather follicle comes, the new feather comes out of the follicle, it pushes the old feather out. And you're going to see these feathers drop in a very specific and particular order on your chicken. Um, it's been studied that, um, you know, the various parts of the body drop feathers in a very specific order. First the head, then the neck,
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then
2: the breast, and the back. Then you're going to start to see the fluff um, drop those feathers uh, right below the vent, those kind of soft, loose feathers. Then the abdomen, which is really the bottom part of the bird lower than the breast. Uh, Then the wings and the tail. People really start to notice when the the breast and the back start to molt they may or may not notice the head um or the neck depending on you know the bird but you know there's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who you know they think that it's really kind of random it's not it's not as random as you would think now if some of your listeners i know have businesses and so there is a very specific reason why you want them to molt and get the molt over quickly. Um, if you are running a breeder flock, if you are hatching eggs and selling the chicks, that's a very good reason for you to exert some control over the, the flock molting program. Um, when a chicken molts on its own, it can, it can sometimes take three or four months. And that's not a good thing to have erratic egg production when you're trying to keep an incubator full and customers happy. So if you are smolting your breeder flock, um, you know, you might be looking at profitability, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got your normal hatching egg production, you, well, there are sometimes seasonal demands or sudden demands that call for an increase in the number of hatching eggs and if you're taking orders you get a little bit of an advance notice on that and you may be able to take a flock that's um a little slow, older, um for some reason they're just not producing as well because of of um something you can molt them and have them start new, start afresh. And, um, you know, there's another circumstance that you can get where you might want to molt a flock because you've had some high mortality and Mm -hmm. um, you need a flock that's kind of weakly producing eggs to suddenly produce a whole lot more eggs more reliably because perhaps a couple other pens you had high mortality for some reason. And then of course there's just demand. Um, Could be that somebody writes an article about such and such a breed of chicken and you've got it. And suddenly your phone's ringing off the hook and you want to take advantage of that. I mean, think of the people who had Moran's for the first time. They couldn't produce enough Moran's fast enough Mm -hmm. for people. So, you've got to think about that. And and when we say molting, most of the time we're talking about hens. But if you've got a breeding slot, you've got roosters too. And, you know, young males produce much better with their fertility rate than old molted, you know, old males. But, you know, old molted males still aren't anything compared to a young male. So it's just, you can't, it's not like a complete refresher. But um, it's part of the thought process when you're choosing to, to multiply. And like I said, the parameters for this, for each of these little aspects that I've talked about, the economics of it, the, um, the spacing and the timing, which we'll kind of go over just a tiny bit. um, All this has been heavily studied in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, So, If you've got um, a breeder flock now, you just need to think about what causes, you know, what causes you to consider molting them. Um, All right. So let's talk about um, how the feathers are replenished. Uh, Of course, we know that all the, the chickens, when they hatch out, they're covered in down. And as that down grows longer, they start to look fuzzier and fuzzier. Of course, their body grows very quickly, too. And you start to see a shaft to the feather. And within a few days of that chick hatching, you're going to see the shaft come out of the skin. And the little tiny button of fluff there sometimes falls off, sometimes it stays put. Um, But, you know, when the chick is about four or five weeks old, it's fully feathered and you've got, you know, feathers that are just going to continue to grow. There will be a few more juvenile molts before they've got their full set of feathers. And so these molts as they're growing up are different from the annual molt. Um your annual molt is really something that happens to all birds, not just chickens, all birds. Um The annual molt is a way for the body to get rid of the broken feathers, the damaged feathers. And of course, in some bird species, they will molt or do a specialty molt and put in breeder plumage, breeding bird plumage. Sometimes those female birds really like a a certain color plume or a certain length of plume. Um, And so that's a specialty molt. Uh, Okay. So... Technically, the molt is somewhat intermittent in wild birds, um, so that they still should be able to fly somewhat. That's not the case in your backyard chickens. They're not great flyers, and sometimes they can do an explode a molt, which we talked about. And the cool thing you need to understand is that Molting and the growth of new feathers are really a hormonal process. In order to initiate new growth in the um, buds at the base of the feathers, um, the hormone levels that induce egg production and cause your chicken to go broody actually inhibit that feather bud growth. So if you want your chicken to grow new feathers, you're going to have to get them to stop egg production. So we know that when a chicken is in full molt, they're not producing eggs. If they are, it's highly infrequent. And, and a really mm-hmm. good bird is one that wakes, waits as long as possible, and then she molts and she gets it done fast. That's your keeper flock. Those are the birds that are really, you know, paying for their keep. So um, you can kind of accidentally induce, and, and many people are doing this and they don't realize it. They're inducing molts or mini molts. Um, sometimes you can start the process and halt it, and they can go back to to normal egg production, but. If you accidentally do something that stresses the bird out, let's say, let's say there's a storm and the feed lid was not on and all the feed is now moldy and destroyed and your car isn't working and you have to wait a couple of days before you get to the feed store and get the replacement feed. Well, management-wise, hopefully, Andy, you're – your flock owners are prepared and aren't going to come into this situation because they've always got that backup bag of feed. But that's not always the case. And so if you Mm -hmm. feed restrict or restrict the feed intake in any way, sometimes you can precipitate the process. Other ways to stress the bird and get molting started is disease. That's another way. High temperatures can stress the birds and start a a little temporary stress. Um, Low temperatures. So if your chickens are molting in the middle of winter, you're not doing it right. (laughs) Your management is off. You've you've stressed the birds. And that bird would not naturally molt at that time of the year, but you've created a set of circumstances that are not optimum for it. So it's it's reacting to the to the situation. So if you if they knock over their water every day for, you know, three or four days, like ten minutes after you drop you put it in their coop. So essentially, you know, they're thirsty all the time, that'll throw them into a molt. R- water restriction, feed restriction, um, you may see a partial molt of the head and the neck, and maybe something on the breast and the wings, but you can fix it. Um, and if you fix this problem, if you notice the issue and you get on top of it quickly, Ina, you can stop the molt and that won't interfere with their primary annual molt. That'll just be, I guess, what we call a whoopsie-daisy molt.
0: <laughs> so
2: not not an official scientific term. <laughs> That's a oops, I goofed. And, you know, if your chickens are molting um, at odd times of the year, they're trying to tell you something. It's not, oh, my God, what's wrong with this chicken? It's They're they're your sentinel birds. They're trying to tell you something's up. Hey, could you give this a little attention? Um, And they would appreciate some changes to their benefit. A lot of people who, who have skimmed the surface, commercial poultry production, and have not delved into a full understanding of commercial poultry production, they hear and see blog pages, comments, and forums, and, you know, I get it. People are busy. They don't want to have to do their homework on everything. I've been guilty of the thing. But don't condemn that which you do not fully understand. It's not fair and it's not nice. And we all like to be fair and nice people, right? Hopefully. I hope. <laughs> um I certainly do hope that's the majority of people I come across. Uh, So before I I delve further into um, ways to molt your flock, um, do you want to do a commercial break, Andy, or do you have any questions?
1: No, that's fine. We'll go ahead and and uh, get the second one completed, and then we come back and again. It'll be nothing but you, all the way to the end of the show. So we'll go ahead and do that. Cool. And of course, if we had any late any late uh, arriving listeners. You are listening today to Dr. McCray as we talk about the molting chicken management and diet. So hopefully if you're not already taking notes during the commercial break, you can go run and get that pen and paper so you can take some notes to better your backyard flocker to have a better understanding about what's going on during the molt this coming season. So we'll return with more about molting right after this short commercial break. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary, but if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy efficient, long-lasting, and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers.
0: back
2: From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach feeds. Visit our website at Kalmbachfeeds.com. That's KALMBACHfeeds.com or order today on amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer.
0: Actually, in reality, I am Super Chicken. How would you like a punch in the beak?
1: Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're
0: listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer.
1: All right, thanks for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Calm Bark Feeds. Looking forward to over the next few weeks working with them on um, getting together, scheduling, and planning the 2018 Chick Days events all across the country, all the dealers that carry their great product, and I've got some really cool um, Suggestions at my sleeve that can really benefit the dealers. So I'm anxious to uh, have my scheduled meeting with them and do some starting to do some planning next week. For again, like I said earlier, educating the stores and the employees because then they can educate the others that are coming in the store and asking these questions. And we want to make sure we get the again our whole goal the right information. Them so I'm really looking forward to working with the dealers this coming uh, Chick Days events all across the country. So today, if you're just again tuning in, Dr. McCray is talking about the molting chicken management and diet, and we're going to continue with that right now, Doc. Let's continue.
2: So, so you said you're giving advice to to dealers across the country. It has to do yeah, with we
0: chickens, switched, right? I, I, Are you just I, giving I,
1: them yeah, financial kind of sh- advice too, or what? They <laughs> don't want any financial advice from me. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, definitely for the the Chick Days events. And so we kind of switched gears, uh, and or I started kind of switching gears and switching tracks a little bit last year, because um, you know, however, we'll just say just off the top, we'll just say they got a thousand dealers that carry their product, and you know. Doing tours, which is great. I love meeting the people and and doing the workshops. You know, you hit maybe 30 of the. You know, you do 15 or 20 events in the spring, 15 or 20, so that you know you're hitting 40 stores out of maybe a thousand or more that they've got around the country. And so, even though we may have, uh, we'll say 30 to 100 at any given event, you're still kind of limited. But we still see that as a perk. But by, I think, educating, creating an educational program for The dealers and especially the dealers employees that are actually having that customers say, hey, well, what about the coop? Or what do I need? What is this? What is that? Then now we have more opportunity. How many people are they going to see this chick season versus me doing a tour? So uh, we're, we're trying to get, and, and I see that as a weak link over the years, over the last decade, going into the big uh, chain stores, to the small mom and pop stores. I've seen that as comments on blogs and forums as the weak link. Oh my gosh, I went in here, I knew so much more than the person selling me these chickens. Or they didn't know this, they didn't know this, they didn't know that, they thought this, they thought this, they gave me the wrong information so there's a weak link there uh, that I would like to I don't think we'll become close to repairing that completely but to start trying to fix that problem we have foreseen over the years as being maybe a weak link to getting good reliable information to the chicken owner and so um, um, I've kind of started that pathway with Combach and doing educating dealers now uh, along with the customers but that's when I'm out on tour Educating the dealers a little bit more on backyard poultry, so then they can effectively educate their customers. So I'm really excited about that opportunity.
2: We could do like a science day where they they come with their best questions or tackle us with their, their <laughs> toughest questions. A, a dealer phone-in session or something like that. Just thinking about that. That
1: would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool.
2: Well, let's let's finish up talking about molting. Um, one of the first reasons why people even looked at molting flocks is because they were observant. Um, accidents happened, and if they were good at keeping records or they were observant about production, they noticed that the they got better results after molting a flock. So that's why, you know, you pay attention to your flock and you know these details about your flock but a lot of people don't keep records but some folks did early in the you know the 1920s 30s and 40s and some some of these accidents are really you know interesting Um, sometimes it's a feed ingredient oops Um, there have been molting programs that have been focused around accidental high levels of feeding zinc now i'm not saying go out and dose your chickens with zinc you really need to be a poultry nutritionist to make those kinds of calls. Trust me. Especially since some zinc sources have been con- contaminated with lead and that can injure your flock. Um, mm-hmm. And other times the feed meal makes a mistake or you mixing the feed makes a mistake and you end up with a low sodium diet. Um, and you know that's that has caused birds to flow, fly into a, a molt. It's when you cause the body stress. Remember, we talked about that. Mm-hmm, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: You know, sometimes people are giving um, medications to their birds because the birds are sick. Well, part of that equation, I said, you know, if they're sick, that can be a stressor and throw them into a molt. In addition, or sometimes. Uh, in lieu of the actual illness causing the bird to stop egg production, whatever you're treating them with can cause them to stop egg production. So certain drugs have been known to produce a molt in flocks. So that's certainly something where, you know, you're working with your veterinarian and those are the kinds of details that they're responsible for knowing. So finding a veterinarian that can, can work with you now, remember, not all veterinarians see chickens. And if they don't, they can always call their state vet's office for advice. They've got someone there who can usually assist them. Or you can call your extension poultry veterinarian. Those, those extension poultry veterinarians only deal with veterinarians who call with poultry questions. That's what their job is. So um, if you, the farmer, is going to call someone directly, you need to call your extension poultry specialist. So there you go. The order and the hierarchy of things. Um, You're going to see, first and foremost, when your uh, flock goes into a molt, is um, your egg quality is going to deteriorate. You're going to see shell quality um, fall off. You're going to see more shell defects. Um, You're going to see sometimes shell-less eggs. But, you know, when they... Get through that molting period and and rest to their uh, female reproductive tract they will they will be able to go back into production at a fairly quick rate. Um, so you can look at the size of the eggs, you can weigh the eggs uh, and you'll see that they'll get smaller and fewer and fewer in between um, and it is actually more affordable to recycle a flock than it is to start fresh with pullets, with chicks. So if you're looking at the economics of it all, that's one of the reasons why we, we molt our flock. Um, feed consumption is practically the same. Um, when you look at the, the entire normal cycle, um, one, of the, one of the things that people dislike is, is some of the practices of the past. Used to be to multiply the barn was closed up, the lights were turned off, the feed was turned off, and sometimes, and I really don't like this, the water was turned off. I'd rather keep water in front of them. And we realized from a welfare standpoint things had to change. So they have. So you can simulate a low nutrient diet so they always have food in front of them this is what they do in commercial industry now they give them a diet so the chickens always are able to eat but that diet is not as nutrient dense as a regular balanced diet so they're able to perform all the behaviors of eating and and so, so the psychology of eating is not taken away from them but you're really kind of Making them weigh less—that's the stressor. The feed intake is is the same, but it's it's uh, the feed nutrients are not there. So you're you're going to see these birds lose weight, and you know twenty five percent to thirty five percent weight loss is probably what you'll see, and they'll use up any um, any <laughs> reserves that they have of any fat, and then eventually after. You know, maybe ten days you can start putting um slowly and sure, surely mixing the um, the regular laying diet with the less nutrient nutrient dense diet so Andy, what we've talked about this several times when I say a a diet that is lacking in nutrients, what can people get at the feed store and accident or laziness or cheapness? What can they get at the feed store that's not as not a balanced diet that can achieve this um, this less nutrient dense goal?
1: Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, of course, scratch.
2: Bingo! Oh. Got it. So you can, and that's what they used to do: is is they take away the the diet and, and maybe give them cracked grains. So that's something you can do, and so you can give them scratch for about ten days. And, you know, if they like scratch, boy, they're going to think that they're in heaven. And I wouldn't let them wander around the yard if you need them to molt. Maybe the Farmer's Almanac came out and said, hey, this winter is going to be really hard. And you haven't seen a single one of your hens molt. And you're like, look, it's October, girls. We got to get this done. Apparently, we're going to be stocked in this year. Well, so, feed them cracked grains um never take water away i would say you always keep water in front of them fresh clean water and then reduce their light put them on short days make them think it's winter so if you've got a coop where you can control the light um maybe put shutters on or (laughs) put uh drapes over the windows and see if you can't reduce their light so they're only getting eight hours and they'll go. Oh, it's winter time, and okay, it's time for me to just kind of take a break. And then, after ten days of that, um, you can start to put them back on long days, and you can ease them back onto um, ease them back onto uh, their laying hen mash. Uh, so. How would I do that? If you were going to ease them back on um, every day or two, I'd I'd a maybe add a tenth of a pound to what they're what they're getting. Like mix in a tenth of a pound at first of your laying hen pellets, and then the c- cracked grain. And you're just going to eventually just gradually switch them off the cracked grains and onto the the laying hen diet. And there will be a point in there where you're going, girls, what are you doing? And they'll go, we got this, and, and eventually you're going to take the cracked grains away, the scratch grains away, and they'll be on that that full laying hen diet again. And that whole process is probably going to take you a month, so 10 days of nothing but cracked grain and, and short day lengths, always water in front of them, and then you can, um, you know, start working them. From day 11 through day 30, you can work them on to, gradually, from crack grains to the regular laying hen diet. And, you know, this might be something that you let your kids um, oversee, but uh, once they, you know, once they have some oversight from parents, you know, it would it would help, <laughs> a little bit of oversight, you want to monitor the birds' weight, so laying hands on them every week, uh, every few days during the first 10 days. Lay hands on them, make sure they're not losing too much weight. I would certainly, before starting something like this, I would make sure to do a, um external parasite check, uh, an internal parasite check, because you're about to cause them some stress and you don't want that to do them in Um just because you changed up the feeding program to molt them. So if you have other tests that you, you can do with taking a fecal sample in, like for mycoplasma or maybe testing for salmonella, uh, a throat swab for other diseases, you might want to do that and just see if your flock is in good shape for putting in the molt before winter shows up. And that's something if you've established a great relationship with your poultry vet that they can kind of guide you through. That's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. As your flock gets started, um, back into egg laying, it's going to take, a you know, two to three weeks for them to ramp up to about 50% of their egg production. And then about two to four weeks after that, they should be back into full egg production. So the entire process. From the day you go out there and take their their regular feed away and put cracked grains in front of them until they're back to full egg production, really is kind of a can be almost a two month process. So just think about that, and you know if you if it's October and they haven't molted and you want them to get that done before the real cold weather hits wherever that is for you, you know take some planning to to do this well on behalf of your birds, but it can be done. There you go, Andy. I think I've covered just about everything that's pertinent to to small flock owners.
1: (laughs) Yep, it was awesome stuff, and uh, hopefully lots of folks took a lot of notes because it is a topic that we're going to start seeing flood uh, the social media here over the next, well, starting probably in September in some parts of the country, and then... Uh, it'll continue all the way to, I know, around Christmas time, we'll see people say oh, my gosh, my chickens are still bald
0: and it's getting cold. What can I do? They haven't come back with their Put feathers sweaters on issues them. like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because so, they didn't so listen funny.
2: to your show back in August.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, nice. oh, well. I love it. Oh, well, it's one of those things. Can't make everybody happy. So, um, no, great information. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, looking at my calendar here, it looks like uh, um, is there – actually, there is a fifth Thursday, but um, we'll see what your schedule shows, and if not, we'll see you back here in the uh, first Thursday in September uh, for uh, a okay. great uh, show. And I really like the topic you're going to be writing for the fall edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, the
0: smoking yeah. and,
1: I think, curing – Curing uh, poultry uh, meat—that's that's really interesting. We haven't done that. Well, I think last summer we did one on barbecue, but we haven't done one on this. So uh, that'll be that'll be very good. So thanks for that that topic, and um, we thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time.
2: Thanks, Andy. Bye bye.
1: Thank you. Bye bye. That is Dr. McCray talking all about molting, the molting chicken management and diet. And guess what? If you miss something, if you tuned in late, and you're like, oh. No worries. In about 15 minutes, this live show will automatically turn into a podcast. So the same link you're listening to now will be the same link to listen a year from now, two years from now, nine years from now, 20 years from now, all about the and So uh, no worries. You can go back and listen again and take all the notes you desire. Um, I want to tell you about, really, really quick, before we wrap up, um, an awesome new sponsor that we've got. And... I met the owner and creator of this product probably about nine years ago. It was a long time. Had lunch with him. Met at a uh, dealer conference, actually, I think, up in St. Louis. And sat and talked with him. Loved his product. Tried his product. Pushed his product to our local group in Atlanta. And have even uh, used this product successfully. And that is, you've heard me talk about it, Sweet PDZ Coop Refresher. Many of you in the horse world probably know about Sweet PDZ, the horse stall refresher. Same thing, but bagged for the coop. And it works great in all coops and all brooders.
0: Yeah, even in your
1: brooder. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly, ready for this, 33 years. They know what they're doing. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and chicken brooders. How do you want to use it? I haven't talked about this before in the past. How to use it? It's very simple. Approximate rate of application. In a typical brooder or coop, you just want to apply a little visible covering on the floor uh, or over the bedding. So, in, in, you, know, you want to make sure if you've got those uh, pinewood shavings in the brooder, Get you a little coffee cup, uh, a little scoop, and then sprinkle this over that bedding so you can see the granulars over over the There you go. You want to reapply every couple of days or as necessary. Your nose will tell you. And the amount and regularity of reapplication will depend on the size of your flock and how many you house in your brooder or coop. And, of course, it can be applied with your bare hands or a cup or a scoop or a spreader. It safeguards your flock by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. It's safe and effective. Moisture absorption. It's all natural. It's non-toxic. Premium grade zeolite mineral, which actually has some absorption properties as well. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes to hide the ammonia. It naturally eliminates it. It kind of absorbs it, gets rid of it. Safe and beneficial to dispose of, I love this part even in your compost and your gardens and because these little granulars absorbing the nitrogen it's almost like a slow release fertilizer when you go to use it because it's absorbed in this granule and it slowly releases out is that not the coolest thing you've ever heard and so we're, I hate to say it, killing two birds with one stone here, so it is awesome, first hand experience you need to try it. Go over to SweetPDZ.com, P-D-Z, SweetPDZ.com, and take a look at their Coop refresher. It even has a place up here where you can see where to pick it up, where to order it. I They can carry it on Amazon, and uh, the stuff works. Have you ever noticed if you go to one of these uh, fancy chicken blogs or whatever that along the sides of the blogs there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of advertisers? Do you think they ever say no to a product that wants to pay them money? I do it quite a bit. That's why if you look at our Facebook page, we have a very limited number of sponsors because I turn down quite a few. Because at the end of the day, you don't need their product if you're raising your chickens correctly, if you're doing the right. So if if you see it advertised, we're using it, we've used it, we know it works. We have proof it works. It's awesome. I'll give you an example. Somebody we've turned down before. There's a company that makes and produces, and I guess sells, animal piss to sprinkle around your coop and your run. Okay. And I'm not discounting their um, theories. I'm not discounting their... What they're saying it does or doesn't do, I'm telling you this. They, they wanted to advertise with me. And I wouldn't do it. I said, well, you've got, before we do this, you've got to tell me, you've got to show me it works, you've got to show me um, why my listeners should buy this. Because if they do what they're supposed to do initially, do the research and spend the necessary money required for a predator proof coupon run then you shouldn't have to spend money after you have your chickens in your coop for piss to sprinkle around your coop and run. You shouldn't have to do that if you did it right to me was, well, people aren't doing it right the first time, so that's why they are buying our product or need to buy our product because they didn't do it right the first time. (laughs) So, hey, you know what? They're not a sponsor today because they couldn't convince me that I needed to share their product with all of you, okay? Because I don't think it's needed. Sure, I could have said, yeah, let's sign you up. Absolutely. Here's what it's going to cost you per month. I'll be glad to take your money and throw it out there. What kind of service would that be to you guys?
0: Yeah, go buy
1: this bottle of pee and sprinkle it around your coop. You will not have any predator problems at all. So that's the big difference here. So... Sweet PDZ, go check them out, sweetpdz.com. All righty, guys, that's going to wrap up another show, Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by my good friends over at Combox Feeds. We'll be back next Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as always, with science-based, fact-based, study-based information for you to raise a healthy flock of chickens. Okay, that's what we're all about. Hey, go over to chickenwhisperermagazine.com, and uh, you can uh, sign up for the free digital edition. If you like to have a real magazine and like a catalog system at your house with these magazines, uh, we'll do that too. Ten dollars a year. In fact, I think we're still running a special: buy a subscription, get one free. So if your neighbor has chickens or you have a great friend that has chickens, you buy one print subscription for ten bucks a year, and guess what? You're going to get it mailed to you four times a year, and your friend is going to get it mailed to them four times a year. How cool is that? You won't regret it. Chock full of information, and that's it. Chicken. WhispererMagazine.com. All righty. We'll see you next week, everybody. God bless. <laughs>